Good evening, good evening. May I request Magenkosi Uyonis to pray for us? Uh, good morning, our family. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and honor. We thank you for this time, such like this, oh God. We thank you that your weight is alive on us, oh God. As your son is going to share to us, Holy Spirit, we ask you to open our spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, oh God. We want to see you. We want to know you, oh God. We want more of you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we speak the blood of Jesus. Even upon him, he is going to share to us, oh God. We thank you. We are hungry, oh God. We are the only one who can satisfy us. Father, we thank you in this time. We silence every noise, oh God. We say, Father, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, good evening, everyone. I hope we all had a productive and a fruitful day. Uh, just got home to be receiving a message that uh, uh, the pastor was supposed to be with us, teaching us this evening is not able to. So, yeah, uh, we we just need to continue. Uh, can we have someone reading for us Matthew 25 and we are reading uh, verse 21. Matthew 25, verse 21. Yes. His master said to him, Well done, you upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter into and share the joy, the delight, the blend, the blessedness which your master enjoys. Amen. This evening, I want us to look at this subject entitled The Good and Faithful Servant. In the name of Jesus, we know that God is a master. He is the owner of everything, the controller of every event, and he is our provider. Our responsibility, therefore, is to be stewards. Uh, the word stewards, in, in simple terms, can be translated into two different ways. Uh, some would say it means a manager. Some would say it means a, a supervisor. In, in Scripture, the position of steward is one of the greatest responsibilities. Uh, he or she is the supreme authority under um, the master and has full responsibilities uh, for all the master's possessions and household affairs. As we examine the scripture, we see God as a master uh, has given us the authority and the full authority to be stewards. When you have time, go and read Psalm 8, verse 6. One's only responsibility is to be faithful. I repeat that again and say, one's only responsibility is to be faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Before you can be faithful, 
we must know what we are required to do. You can't just be faithful uh, for nothing. Just as a purchaser of a vehicle uh, studies the manufacturer's manual to learn how to properly operate that vehicle, we need to examine the Creator's handbook, which is the Bible, to find out how we must or ought to handle his possessions. Several elements of faithfulness are important to understand. There's a statement that says contentment is a byproduct of the faithful discharge of our duties. Now, among other things, we're expected to be faithful with all our resources. We, we, are, we are charged to be faithful in handling 100% and not just 10%. Unfortunately, a number of us are coming from churches where the concentration was only on the teaching on how to handle 10% of our income. And which is that area of giving, that area of tithing. Although this area is crucial, we, we have allowed believers to learn how to handle only that portion. And the 90%, somehow we've been allowed to, to handle it from the world's perspective, not from the Lord's perspective. Because many people don't know how to handle uh, money biblically. That is why then they had and they continue to have wrong attitudes about possessions and making incorrect financial decisions that lead to a painful consequences. Hosea 4 verse 6, we know as we read it, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We are, men are not just killed by anything else, anything you can think of any disease you can think of, but it is also the lack of knowledge, ignorance of or disobedience to scriptural financial principles. They frequently causes money problem. Number two, faithfulness, regardless of how much we have, the issue of scripture or issue in scripture is how to handle faithfully all God has entrusted, entrusted to us. The faithful steward is responsible for what he or she has, whether it is much or little. The parable of talents illustrated this, for it is just like a man 
about to go on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. And no one, one of them was given five talents and the other was given two and the other was given one. And you read Matthew 23 from verse 14. When, when the master returned, he held each servant accountable. You are not accountable for much. You are not accountable for little. You must be accountable for what was in your position. Now, all of them, irrespective of how much talents they were given, they had them to account for what they were managing, for what they was in their position. And the master commended the faithful servant who received five talents. He said, well done. Good and faithful servant, you, you were faithful in a few things. And I will put you in charge now of many things. And then and, and remember, this is what he says then to, 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 to the servant. Enter into the joy of your master. The reward for the one who was given two talents. He received a reward equal to that who was given five talents. You are required, we are required to be faithful whether we are given much or little. As someone once said, it's not what I would do if millions came my way. It's what I am doing with the 1,000 rands I've got. So the issue is not in the figure. The issue is not in the number. The issue is being faithful with whatever that is in your possession. Number three, faithfulness in little things. Luke 16 verse 10 reads, He who is faithful in every little things is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in every little is unrighteous also in much. How do you know if a child is going to take care of his or her first car. You observe how he or she paid for his or her bicycle. How do you know if a salesman will do a competent job of serving a big client? You observe how they served a small client. If, if we, we have the character to be faithful with small things, the Lord knows he can trust us with greater responsibilities. Small things are small things. Uh, a man called 
who Hudson Taylor, who was a missionary, said, but faithfulness with a small thing is a big thing. Number four, faithfulness with another's possessions. Faithfulness in someone else's possessions. Faithfulness with another's possession. In some measure, determines the amount with which you are entrusted. And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which belongs to someone else, who will give you that which is your own? You, you go and read Luke 10, verse 12. This is a principle that often overlooks. Yeah. Are you faithful uh, 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 someone uh, else's uh, uh, Are you careless with your employer's office supply? Do you waste electricity when you are staying in a hotel? Because it is in these small things that you get to be tested whether when you are in a position of someone else's things, you whether you would be faithful enough, you would be able to take care of those things in a way you're supposed to take care of them. Someone allows you to use something that belongs to them. Are you able to carefully return that thing in a good shape? I am certain some, some people have not been given more because they have been unfaithful with the possessions of others. Babum Juli borrows you his car. When it comes back, the fuel tank is empty, number one. Number two, there's one or two things he's able to pick up when he's uh, checking the car that I gave you this car, it didn't have one, two, three. It comes back with one, two, three. So we need to be careful when we are in a possession of someone else's things. Number five, faithfulness leads to commitment. This once you know God's part and faithfully do your part, you can be content 
in Philippians, we discover that Paul had learned to be content because he knew, he knew God would supply all the needs. Not some, but all. And he had been faithful. Look what he says in, in, in verse 9 of chapter 4 in the book of Philippians. As, as we apply the principles of God's economy, we will begin to get, among other things, out of debt, spend more wisely, start saving for our future goals and be able to give more to the work of Christ. The Bible offers real solutions to today's financial problems. And yes, this is a subject that a number of us, including myself, you would sometimes want to avoid because of all the other mistakes, all the other errors you have done with your finances. But at the same time, it is a subject we cannot avoid. We need to go through it. Good and faithful servant. The society we live in says, you earned your money. You've worked hard for your money. Now spend it any way you choose and be happy. And unfortunately, when, when we cling to that, which the society is saying, you therefore miss out on what the scripture says. You can only be content if you have been a faithful servant, a faithful steward handling money from God's perspective. That is why we, we talk of giving and say, what is your attitude in giving? See Nisimo Yako at that time of giving. And that's why in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 25, in everything I have pointed out that by working diligently in this manner, we ought to assist the weak, being mindful of the words of the Lord. Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed makes one happier and more to be envied to give than to receive. Because a proper attitude is crucial. 
as 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 we 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 become faithful in whatever that is in our possession and you will realize that the issue here is not only talking finances the issue here is is the faithfulness in whatever that is in your possession the faithfulness in the things that are under your care when you read in your own time the first book of corinthians chapter 13 verse 3 doing things with a wrong attitude is of benefit to the giver of course the gift benefits the gift benefits the recipient but according to god's economy if a gift is given with the proper attitude the giver benefits more than the receiver remember x 20 and verse 35 there's we find that the giver benefits in four significant areas one of them is the increase in intimacy above all x giving directs our attitude and our heart to christ matthew 6 verse 21 is able to tell us that for where your treasure is there will be your heart also this is why it is so necessary to go through the process the process of consciously giving each gift to the person of jesus christ when you give your gift to god your heart will automatically be drawn to the lord hence we need to remain the good and the faithful servants that in itself talks to the development of our character our heavenly father wants us as his sons to be conformed to the image of jesus because that character is unselfish unfortunately humans are by nature selfish and that needs to change when we are in christ one of the key ways our character becomes conformed to the character of christ is by this habitual habitual giving habitual of taking care of uh, anything that is under your care whether it is yours or whether it is someone else's you would know that giving is not god's way of raising money it is god's way of raising people 
into the likeness of his son. And 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 that, that that's that's what needs to be in our systems all the time. Knowing that when when we give, when when we offer, uh, we, we we are not helping God to be raising money, but it is God's way of raising us, of raising people into the likeness of Christ. The Lord understands that for us to develop into the people he wants us to be, we must learn how to share our possessions freely. We must learn how to take care of the possessions freely. If we don't, our inbred selfishness will grow and it will dominate us. And we even know that Ekaya wa sword and spirit, the influencing and the dominating, uh, what does it really mean? And you can never associate it with selfishness. We, we need to also remember that we, we are investing for eternity. But gather, Matthew 6 verse 20, but gather and heap up and store for yourself treasures in heaven. Whether neither moth nor rust, not one consume and destroy. And where thieves do not break through and steal. The Lord tells us that there are there is really something when 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 those those who are who are uh, with FNP they they know that uh, the motto of that bank, and the Lord tells us that. There really is something to the first national bank of heaven. He wants us to know that we can invest for eternity. Paul writes and says, not that I seek or I am eager for your gift, but I do seek and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit the harvest of blessing that is accumulating to your account. Philippians 4 verse 17, a, a literal account exists for each of one of us in heaven. We will be privileged to enjoy it forever. And the scripture teaches that we cannot take it with us, but we can make deposits to our heavenly accounts before we die. Good and faithful servant. We have that opportunity to receive those weights. If we do what needs to be done, we cannot behave and do things like this one servant who received one talent. And when the master came back, he's only able to account for that which was left to him to take care of. 
there are things that we we cannot come back to the master and say, I, I had to take care of this one so that when you come back, I'm able to account for it. Rather than me risking taking it and using it somewhere and investing it somewhere, when you come back, I have nothing to, uh, to show you. So I had to take care of this one, put it somewhere aside, so that when you come back, I can give you what you gave me. But I think the Spirit of the Lord is supposed to be then helping us to give instruction in relation to other things that need to happen in our lives as we do God's business in taking care of that which is in our possession. Now, doing this with a proper attitude will result in a material increase flowing for those of us, for the servants that have allowed themselves uh, to, to be used to take care of God's business. There are those who generously uh, scatter abroad, and yet they increase more. And there are those who withhold more that is fitting or what is justly true, but it results only in want. The liberal or generous person shall be enriched and he who waters shall be watered. Now this attitude requires that we do everything necessary to be able to receive those ways that says good and faithful servant. Because that which comes, it comes with material increase, material benefit. But note carefully why the Lord returns and increase materially. That you have an abundance for every good deed. The Lord produces an increase so that you may give more and you, you may have your needs met at the same time. That's the graph of God. And it can't be understood like uh, the world is understanding things because there's always been this understanding that when you release whatever you have, you are left empty. And that's not how our God operates. Because when you give more of your time, more of your resources to God, God is, is increasing on his side for you. And that is his graph. And then may, may God help us. May God help us that the man we live amongst would be able to come to you and say, you are a good and a faithful servant because they would have picked up things that you've been doing with diligence for not only your benefit, but for the benefit of those around you, for the benefit of the kingdom of God. Good and faithful servant. 
let me end by reminding you that the same weights that were given to the person who came back with more than what was given to him, the person who received five was able to report an increase and God, or the, the, the master says, good and faithful servant, the same words were used for the one who received two. And he got to enjoy the same benefits that the one who had five was enjoying. Because the issue was not about the number. The issue was not about the figures. The issue was about what is it that you have done with everything that was given to you. Amen. I am done. I will take this opportunity to allow for questions and comments before we conclude the business of the night. A quiet Bazalwan, it could mean two things. Good evening, Deacon. Um, good evening, everybody. Good evening, Deacon Gos. Uh, thank you so much. For me, it's a comment um, specifically on this message. Um, I don't have any questions. I'm just taking notes, Nakon. Um, what's really important about this message or what I've learned here is just the importance and the posture of having, you know, a servant heart in everything and anything that we do. And for a very long time, I think I have seen servanthood as a way to benefit the people. But how, like what I'm learning now is that it benefits me more than it actually benefits the person who I'm serving or who I am giving. You know, sometimes as you were talking, I could just realize that, you know, in this kingdom, it is such an upside down kingdom because whatever rules of engagement um, um, mattered or were valued out there is not the same as in the kingdom. And today <laughs> I had a conversation with someone at work, uh, surprisingly about tithe. And I was just asking that, do you tithe? And they said, no, I don't earn enough. If I was earning this amount, then I would actually tithe. But then in your teaching, I learned that if you are faithful in little things, then you can be faithful in the big things. So faithfulness is kind of like a muscle that you continually exercise that when you get into the big business, it's not just a one-day event, but then you've built a track record of continually being faithful to God. So if you're able to, if God is able to trust you with small things, then he can trust you with much. It's something that we've learned 
time and time again that you know we have dominion but then the dominion starts with the small things you know someone's stuff our finances you know corporate uh, resources electric bills at work and stuff like that so for me it's a really important message to remember as well that you know even in the time that i steal from my um my employer still is unfaithfulness and if i continue like this or if I make it a habit, then I might miss out on the stuff that God has in store for me. So thank you so much for just a kind reminder as well. The simplicity of the gospel, you know, it's a conviction into righteousness, but then and, and also not a condemnation. So thank you so, so, so much, Tikkun. I really, really appreciate this, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Tikkun, Linda, for, for, for your contribution and your comments. Say, uh, it's helping us, it's helping us. Be blessed. Anyone else? Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I joined uh, a bit late. I was not even aware whether we, we had someone facilitating uh, the session for us uh, because I would simply say, let me take... Uh, uh, this mic back to them, <laughs> then we can conclude this service. Uh, was there any Tikon Linda you can help me? Otherwise, you you are free, my brother, to 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 close in a word of prayer for us. Amen. Uh, thank you so much. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for a kind reminder, Lord, that we are to be managers. We are to be faithful stewards of everything that you've given us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for for giving us everything that we need, you know, you know, in, in, in life and in godliness. Thank you, Lord, for your servant today who has given us a kind reminder that this is an upside-down kingdom, that when we desire to be great, we are to be the lowest of them all. Thank you for giving us the wisdom and the knowledge on how to do this so that in every sphere of influence, we are able to, 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 to be ambassadors of Christ in how we serve. We thank you, Lord, for, for your mouthpiece today. Thank you for the simplicity of the gospel, Heavenly Father, that in whatever that we've heard today, Lord Jesus, we are not only going to be hearers only, but we are going to be doers of the word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for teaching us the simple principles that causes the mountain of the Lord's house to be exalted above all the other mountains. Thank you for mouthpiece today for just giving the simplicity of the gospel today. No additions, no subtractions, but then as you have intended it. We bless everyone who is here today, Lord. They are going away, you know, with full hearts and with the zeal of the Lord, knowing single-minded, Lord Jesus, that in this kingdom, this is how we do things. And then by doing this, we are then given a mark that we are sons of God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that even as we implement this that you have sent us, Lord Jesus, it is to give glory for you and for your house and many, many additions and many sons will come into the kingdom because they will flock and recognize that this is something different. We bless your holy name, Lord Jesus. We give you praise, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for continually infusing us with the strength, for continually infusing us with the will and the desire to not only be hearers of this, but then to do it each and every day diligently. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed, Lord. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen.
Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. <laughs>